Blog Talk Radio. It's January 27th, 2019. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living Radio Show, where progressives for change present opinions that matter. Tonight, we're joined by co-host Jeff Brown. I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Please, remember, good leadership is never about power and control but rather for the honor and privilege of serving the members in the interest of the membership. Having said that, we certainly hope everyone had a safe Martin Luther King holiday and that you in, uh, stayed safe during the work-life balance holiday break. It's been a busy two weeks, and we've got a lot of announcements. Uh, so let me bring on Jeff Brown uh, and see how Jeff's doing tonight. Hi, Jeff. How are you there in the uh, Detroit area? It's cold, Leroy. It's cold. Expecting more snow sure. tonight. Yeah, it was supposed to start at 1 a.m., I understand, and go on through tomorrow evening. And uh, that's uh, going to be... Uh, uh, you know, for most people, you know, uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, 8 to 10 inches, I guess. A little north of here, going to get some more. So. Yeah, that's what I hear. Yeah, I uh, I was uh, at a birthday party Friday night at the casino, Thorn Eagle Casino up in Mount Pleasant, and it was minus 10 and they have a outside jacuzzi there, and uh, at minus ten, and it's you know eighty-five, ninety degrees. It was just oozing steam up into the sky, and before just before the sun came up, uh, there was a dome over top of the entire facility there, like a dome of uh, almost frozen fog. If you, it was pretty cool, and just. Uh, just uh, majestic moments where you get the opportunity to see something, you know, that probably doesn't happen very often. So it's just I uh, didn't take any pictures, but it was it's just nice. Uh, and uh, you know, we had a, a nice birthday party, you know, a friend of mine. Uh, so uh, anyhow, um, you know, there's been a lot going on here uh, in uh, labor in the last couple of weeks, uh, and we took. A, break for the Martin Luther King holiday for a work-life balance, respect for everybody. And now we're back this week, but we have a lot of stuff to cover, so please bear with us. Uh, anything else you got kind of locally there, Jeff? I mean, other than the snowstorm coming and it's cold and going to get colder. I mean, Minnesota's supposed to be minus 61 on Wednesday. Unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. That's too too cold. I ain't going nowhere. Um, yeah, I hear Blackrock Assembly due to a part shortage. Uh-huh. Wow. I think it's from Mexico. They were supposed to be laid off this week, but they moved it up a week. So they didn't have no parts. And I'm thinking yeah. it's the Mexican uh, strikes causing those part shortages. There and go ahead. I got contacted by somebody who wants to run for local 3,000 president. 
we wish the person the best of luck. That's a little early. You're okay. right. But there's things to be yeah, done. A little early. I, I wish that oh, person yeah. well. Also, you know, and we'll we'll uh, we'll do a lot of assistance uh, there. Uh, yeah. You know, I know you have uh, some aspirations of your own. Uh, with that regard, when the election, but it's still a year and a half away. You know, if it, you know, seventeen, mm-hmm. not, it'd be uh, sixteen months away. That it, you know, from now, so a little, little early, but there's still a lot of things that can be done. So, uh, oh, yeah, sure. this is good. Yeah, that's really, really good. Uh, and you know, very, very good, good person. So I'm sure that you. Local Union 3000 would be well served by that. So uh, the current current administration there has done some horrific things in the past couple of years, not least of which has taken membership from three members, uh, and that got overturned by the Public Review Board. And they, the international and the local union, were told, you're running this union and you allowed this to occur. Also, one of the things that was said is whoever did this for you knew exactly and specifically what they were doing. So we're uh, happy that turned out well for all of those three people. The FRAP 3, I think uh, you're called. And you were one of them, Jeff. Yes, I am. Yeah, FRAP 3. Lost your membership and got it back. Um, So uh, having said that, uh, do you want to? You know, that's a positive thing. You know, when we hold our union to account, that, you know, that's a good thing. When somebody makes a mistake and we jump up and say no, you know, and and we know how to do that, Jeff. Here and working for a living, we we have done that a few times, and we've been very successful with it. So, having said that, uh, uh, let me uh, let you start. How about you start with uh, the announcements, brother? All right. Working for a living radio show continues to support Medicare for everyone. And two, working for a living radio show continues to support the end of corporations being considered legal citizens. Number three, working for a living venomously about everything okay? You're good. Okay, working for a living legitimately opposes General Motors' November 26th decision and apologizes them for reverse, to reverse that ill-conceived decision immediately. Number four, January 25th, 2019, the Trump government shut down longest ever, ended, a three-week, ended with a three-week continuing resolution to allow for meaningful debate about border security needs. And we hope that occurs and we don't have another shutdown. Number five, January 11, 2019, Fort Wayne Assembly Bargaining Chair Rick Latoro wrote uh, clarifying, clarifying the situation at 2209 Fort Wayne. We'll have a little more uh, in the uh, comment or in the emails about that, uh, but he's done a nice job there. Uh, and you'll see a couple of things that he's done uh, 
regarding that. Uh, number six, the UAW continues to urge a boycott of Mexican-built Chevy Blazer. We actually have a more comprehensive list. Uh, you want to take seven, Jeff? UAW sanctioned candlelight vigil took place at Hart Plaza in Detroit on January 18th. There were many speakers, including Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer and UAW Local 1112 President David Green. Number eight, January 17th, Governor DeWine, DeWine discussed private meetings with GM CEO Mary Barra. You want the next one, Leroy? Yep, number 10, January 22nd, the Austintown, Ohio, that's the Lordstown area, 8th grade choir posted their song, We Love GM. i tell you what, if you don't have the opportunity to see that, haven't had it yet, you ought, to, you ought to take a hard look at that, and that's what this community has been doing to try and keep work there in the Lordstown area, at Lordstown General Motors Plant. Um, so, uh, 11, January 23rd, CNN reported on the racism at the Toledo GM plant. That's where nooses and uh, expletives have been been put on around the plant. It's just unacceptable, and we're on the record in our uh, uh, own page. Uh, this is unacceptable behavior. Jeff, go ahead. Number 12, January 23rd, 2019, Unifor, the Canadian Union, blocked GM headquarters. 13, January 24th, 2019, Detroit Free Press reported that the Trump tariffs cut each four UAW members' profit sharing check by $750. 14. 15. I'll, I'll get 14. Uh, January okay. 24, 2019G, uh, GM profit sharing methods of administration were published. That's how you can ask for it to be distributed directly or uh, through your 401k or however and what that percentage would look like. Uh, so that's what that was about. It was published on the 24th. Uh, on the January 24th, Ford posted its first quarterly loss in two years. We can clearly see its contract time. You want to take 16? January 24, 2019, Mary Barrow spoke in Spring Hill, Tennessee, and took selfies with some UAW members. Uh, 17, January 24, 2019, Mary Barrow visited Fort Wayne Assembly, and no selfies or any other pictures were taken with UAW members. Good for them. Right. Good but that's... We'll have a little more on that in the show, on the two of those visits on the same day. Or the first one was uh, quite interesting, and the second one, the chairman, uh, 
Rick Vittoro, uh took action to make sure none of that occurred at, at his facility at Fort Wayne Assembly. Thank you, brother. That's very nice of you. 18 January 25th, an additional 25,000 Mexican workers at dozens of factories south of Brownsville, Texas, went on strike. This is an additional 25,000. Went on strike after owners of the plants that assemble for, for export, export refused to refuse union demands for a 20% pay hike and an annual bonus. 19. Next weekend, on February 2nd and 3rd, the Michigan major political conventions will take place in Michigan. Remember, Pam Gerald will be at Cobo Hall in room 141. Please get there early, 7 a.m., to support her if you choose to. Okay, and she's with the Democratic Party running for the uh, chair of the Black Caucus. And we had her on the show last couple of weeks, and as you may or may not have heard, she did a very nice job. Uh, we want to thank uh, all of our investigative reporters, both here and in, in the United States and around the world, for their wonderful research that helps us to get this uh, information out to you. And many, many thanks to those folks, and some of them really give up a lot to get this done. So, Jeff, you want to start off the email with number one, and we'll go every other one here. Yep. Thanks to Fort Wayne Assembly Plant Chair Rick Palatino, hope I pronounced it right, for clarifying the situation at local 299 Fort Wayne Assembly. And that's from Michigan. Right, name of Hill, right. He, he did a nice job clarifying. So uh, we thank the, the writer that recognized him for that. So thank you. Um, email number two. Uh, what is the opinion of the Working for a Living team on taking selfies with Mary Barrow? Is it appropriate behavior for UAW members in a contract year? I feel it sends a terrible message to GM that what we are doing, what they are doing, is okay. It's not okay. And the name withheld. Uh, that was a specific email, but we have many comments regarding this. Uh, it was posted on a, a page, and there were over a thousand comments. This, brothers and sisters, is what true solidarity is about, unifying behind a certain issue, and the issue is loss of work. It is unacceptable, and we've discussed it individually uh, I've discussed it with most all of the team and everyone to a person has said this is unacceptable you heard it in Jeff's voice earlier simply unacceptable to be taking selfies with a CEO of a corporation that is about to close five plants in United States and Canada one in Canada and four in the United States you know, product unallocated. We don't know what that status will wind up being. But has also said that there are five additional plants at risk because their capacity utilization is far below the 80% desired 
capacity utilization. Some as low as 37, 38, 39 percent, half of what they're expecting. This has a lot to do with their marketing and how they want to move work overseas and into Mexico. And none of that is acceptable. So unacceptable that I've written, and many of you have sent in, requests for legislative review, and you'll hear more about that in a second, for corporate citizens to see if treason laws are adequate or not to deal with them. And we have quite a long email on that just a minute, uh, and I think it's number four. But Go ahead with number three, Jeff. Big U.S. corporations have long demanded a legal system where they are defined as people. So to get all of our constitutional rights while they expand their privileged powers and immunities, well, why don't we measure them by any patriotic standard that we apply to ourselves, the real American people? Right. Again, the name was held on that. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any comment on your yeah. Um, yeah, we've been fighting this issue about corporations being citizens. You know, I know that was the Supreme Court ruling a few years back, but it's not right. We need a separation of corporation and state nowadays. You know, they don't pay taxes. They get big tax refunds, and they don't have or diamond paying tax. So I got me right. Okay. Uh, number four, and this is extended, so please bear with us. Um, regarding corporate treason, taking a critical look at companies that were born and nurtured by America and the American people, built with their capital, the sweat of their labor, and the profit of their patronage, only to turn and betray the nation that built them by moving enormous quantities of capital and jobs overseas. The damage these companies have done to American institutions and American citizens is far greater economically and socially than anything ever done to, than anything ever done to America by a foreign power. If a fraction of this harm were done to America by an individual citizen, it would be tre treason and call for the death penalty. But aren't corporate lawyers trying to assert that corporations are individuals under the law? If so, should their individual actions carry similar consequences? Who were the actors at companies like Apple, General Motors, General Electric, who have been unable to grasp the ethics of their corporate responsibility, extend that the ethics of their corporate responsibility extends beyond the portfolios of their immediate shareholders. And that's a single uh, email, but many express this same. Uh, um, these same thoughts. 
and the name is withheld, obviously. Um, this dovetails with the, the uh, uh, request for review of treason laws, and it goes into a lot of detail. You, if you haven't read it yet, you should probably read it. It's on the sidebar under the what's caused all of this next to the Powell Memorandum, the Warren Memo, and it says treason with a question mark. Is it treason? So, And that's the question that's being asked here. You know, And yes, in 2010, um, Citizens United versus the Federal Election Committee, uh, uh, Supreme Court decision said that corporations are citizens of the United States. So we'll go with that. So um, this is this is, you know, beyond the pale bad stuff that's going on and this this person aptly put it out there. Thank you for your writing. That was really, really, really good stuff. You want to take number five, Jeff? Sure. I hope unless you have any comments on that. Got any comments on it? Additional no. comments? Okay. No. I hope Pam Gerald gets elected next Saturday. It's obviously someone from someone in Ohio. And we won't <laughs> go any further than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We love uh, her too. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, she did a nice job. Uh, thanks to all the email writers for your comments and questions. And we really appreciate everything that you have uh, written in this week. Uh, there's many, many, many more uh, in addition to We did get uh, a late uh, notice on the, the vehicles that are built in Mexico for sale in, in Canada and the United States. Those are the Chevrolet Blazer, the GMC Terrain, built in Mexico only, both of those uh, Chevrolet tracks built in Mexico and South Korea. Those are all don't buy. Uh, Chevrolet Equinox, Mexico and Canada. Okay. And Chevrolet Silverado, Mexico, Canada and, United, Canada and the United States. GMC Sierra, Mexico, Canada and the United States. And the Chevrolet Cruze, Mexico and the United States. And the last four, if the VIN starts with a three, do not buy it. Okay, so those are uh, seven vehicles that we got a late notice on today uh, on uh, vehicles that are being, uh, well, the boycott is on Chevrolet Blazer, but there's a do not buy uh, on the rest of those. So having said that, let's move on. Um, do you want to take this week's definition, Jeff? Sure. You got it? Yep, got it. Go ahead, okay. Solidarity. Um, unity or agreement of feeling or action, especially among individuals with a common interest. Mutual support within a group. That's the district's definition. Right. That That has a lot to do. It's apropos, given the fact that we had people taking selfies, and they got a lot of heat. Uh, I got a call back 
on Thursday, and they got a lot of heat after they did this. I mean, people were really mad at them uh, for doing it and then actually posting them like they're proud of it. So uh, this is, uh, you know, unacceptable behavior, and we'll get into some more of that in a bit, but uh, it's uh, truly unacceptable. And the uh, the whole uh, notion that, uh, you know, people are doing that is just not good. But you see a thousand comments in unison saying the same thing. That is a solidarity that we need in our union in order to take on the corporations. That's what we need. Okay. And over there, later in the in the uh, uh, the day, uh, Rick Latoro, the chairperson, took the 61 people, I understand, from Lordstown out of the plant over to the union hall on union business letter. And that union business was to protect them from management, okay, to try and get them to do something that they really didn't or shouldn't do. The rest of the workforce was indeed at Fort Wayne Assembly, shielded from the CEO that came bearing gifts, so to speak, uh, and uh, was shunned at this uh, local union. So thanks, uh, heartfelt thanks, to protecting those brothers and sisters that work there from a CEO trying to protect her behind from possibly being culpable of treason. She's running around garnering Michigan governor and the Tennessee governor and Ohio governor and a whole bunch of people trying to not come under scrutiny. Well, I'm telling you, scrutiny's coming, a lot of it. And we direct everybody to our page on the left sidebar to go ahead and uh, read that, send it in if you want to, and to, to your two senators, your house rep, and your governor, okay? And do it the way that that cover letter says, so you don't get in any trouble. Just support what I wrote, and you won't get in any trouble because you don't name anybody's corporation or say anything good or bad. I've done all of that, so you don't have to. And I'm protected by a whole lot of things, including we're a member of the Michigan Association of Broadcasters. And I've requested it under that authority. So good luck with that. All of you want to try and do bad to anybody that gets in your way. By the way, General Motors has made a statement that says they respect the right of anybody to say uh, within reason what they choose to say. And uh, we appreciate that, too. So, um, This week's quote and by the way, thanks, Jeff, for that definition. We really appreciate it. This week's quote, and it comes from uh, Martin Luther King, Jr., because it was his birthday celebration week last last Monday, and uh, or weekend, uh, and he said, No work is insignificant. All labor that uplifts humanity has dignity and importance and should be un- undertaken with painstaking Excellence. Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., thank you for, for that. Um, 
Well, Jeff, we got about a half an hour left for the show here, and uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about the interplant movement. There's been some discussion about the uh, uh, Chrysler movements, and, uh, well, everybody's got an opinion. Uh, we're going to try and at least uh, lend some uh, contractual thoughts to all of this so uh and then we're going to talk about the mexican strike a little bit so why don't we talk about the mexican strike first jeff what do you, you know th this went at the uh matamoras and the maquilladoras there were seventy thousand people who went out okay and we're seeing some of that result now and there was another twenty five thousand that went out on friday south of brownsville uh, and so, or Brownstown, uh, down there in Mexico. Uh, so, um, I don't think the Detroit Three ever expected that, that this would occur in Mexico. What do you think about that? I agree. Um, the Mexican Union is not as strong as what we thought they were. Um, they showed some guts. They're doing what they're what they can. We gotta remember those people only make about three dollars an hour. Most of them live in campers outside their plant in the parking lot. Um, if I remember correctly, Leroy, right, with Trump's new NAFTA or Mexican Canada agreement, didn't he say that the Mexican workers are supposed to supply parts to the United States car plants, you're supposed to be giving a $16 an hour wage. Was that, am I right on that? Yeah, that's a year ago. Yep, that was uh, what was negotiated in the new NAFTA, the USMCA. Uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, and they try to fashion that after the United States Marine Corps America, I guess. <laughs> uh, so we have a new uh, new USMCA, uh, and all due respect to our Marine brothers and sisters uh, and soldiers, uh, um, this is a little different. So uh, we really thank every one of you for your service, past, current, and future Marines and all soldiers and sailors. So, and we're sorry that some of you haven't been getting paid for the last 35 days or so, and we hope that you get made whole as soon as possible, as soon as humanly possible. So, uh, but yeah, they're all supposed to be getting a big wage increase down there, you know. So uh, that was part of the agreement uh, that they would go, you know, a little beyond what our minimum wage is. Down there, I'm, I'm not exact, but if it's 16 or minimum, our minimum wage or whatever it is, it should have been done a long time ago. I mean, we we talked about that. I know that was my position way before the radio show. Back when we started this, I said, you know, and can't marry up two first tier countries with a third world country essentially, and it, and put them in the same free trade zone and not expect some nasty stuff to happen. They needed to put some sliding scale 
so that they would start to increase and methodically move them up so they became a consumer nation. You know, this is, you know, it's 20, coming on 26 years, well, it's 20, 25 years, because that was signed, NAFTA was signed in December 8, 2000, I'm sorry, 1993, and GATT was signed in December 8, 1994. You know, after 25 years, you'd think that they would have been brought up. That was the whole purpose of this, so that they could be brought up. But they're still down there in poverty wages. There's no bringing up of anybody. This is just corporate America taking advantage of them down there. And we didn't have any uh, built-in structure that they would have to be raised up. I think they did a little bit regarding that with this USMCA, but I still think that they need to have a stronger structure. Uh, and it should have been there a long time ago. We'd already be in good standing. They'd be well above where they're at now. Uh, so I'm, I'm real disappointed in that. And I know, as well as I know you are, Jeff. So. So you uh, you got very more thoughts disappointing. On, yeah, go ahead. Just very disappointing on how those people are being treated. I remember when my plant first opened up. You know, we were Mazda. We built a Ford vehicle as well. And at the time, the CEO of Ford at that time it was a story in the free press. And there's a plant in Mexico, Ford plant. Ford had uh, armed guards up on the catwalks looking down at the, at the workers. Hmm. So now when Ford workers go down to Mexico for quality reasons or product reasons, they are escorted with uh, armed guards from the hotel room to the uh, plant and back because the Mexican drug cartel would love to get some uh, sausages and then blackmail the corporations. I've known a couple of people who went down there and had to be escorted. Um, that's, uh, it just blows my mind, just thinking of all that stuff years ago. Right, right. And, you know, I mean, that's that's a product of this whole uh you know oppressed society that they have there i mean the corporations are coming in there and just disabusing these people paying them pittance and then taking advantage of that they, these cars haven't reflected a low wage in the in the building of them now have they you know that they're built no. down there in, in mexico or in korea that, you know substantially less wages you know they're not they haven't reflected a lower lower price they're still getting top dollar for the, the vehicles that are built there so just sad it's really sad um so they're they're having to put up with their you know eventually people get tired of it okay they get simply tired of it and they're having to put up with the pushback from labor there in in Mexico now they have different laws than we do Okay, they don't have striker replacement laws or anything like that, to work, to our knowledge at least. So when they go out, they're not just summarily fired. 
they go out, you know, and they're the only people that know how to do the job. And the the other uh, pool, the labor pool, simply is not up to speed like the, the current workers are. They'll try and change that soon, I'm sure. But uh, right now they have to deal with the uh, current uh, pool of workers and the 70,000 that went out and the 25,000 that went out. Uh, in addition to that, just this past Friday, uh, they're having to deal with that. Now, uh, as you indicated, Jeff, they had shut down the Flat Rock Assembly for a part shortage. So there seems to me, would it seem to you that this Mexico, I think you said that, that Mexico's strike and uh, expanded strike now is starting to affect the ability to manufacture vehicles and assembly plants here in the United States? Yes. That's my, yeah. my opinion. So, you know, is there any way do you think that we could support these workers there in Mexico? I would hope so. Um, but then again, some of our own people don't support us. I don't know. Farms contracts. You know, they vote for themselves, not for the good of the membership. Right, right. Yeah, I think there's ways that we can do that. Let's take a look at it this week. Maybe we can get one of them guys on the radio show or one of the women. Maybe we can get that to happen. And if we need a translator, I'm sure we can get a translator. So uh, Sounds good to me. Let's see what we can do. We we can't make promises we can't keep, but uh, we'll we'll look into it and see what we can do. There's a lot going on this week coming up. Government's back working, and we have some bad people in our union that aren't going to be there long uh, because they uh, uh, are barred from holding office, at least one uh, that we know of. And uh, these people that are barred from holding office are going to be dealt with. Uh, and the government's back open now. So, uh, you know, we don't tell everything we hear, and we certainly don't tell our strategy, but I'll tell you this, there's one somebody that looks on the, the, uh, the wrong side of right, and uh, we're going to be dealing with that individual. And you are barred from holding office under certain circumstances, uh, especially under 29 U.S.C. 504, and uh, that's going to take up a little of our time this week, uh, and we're going to push some of these elected officials for some answers regarding the uh, uh, request for legislative review that we've got out there. so, But we'll take a look and see if we can bring them on and, and get some of them here and see what they have to say. You know, we don't support them for working for less, but we'll support them for striking and putting the heat on our corporations for having done evil things to us, you know. So we'll see what, what, we'll see what happens uh, to support them to the degree that they get you know, increases, and they can start building or buying our products maybe at some point, you know. So who knows? We'll see. We're certainly not going to encourage anybody to buy their products, but a lot of what they build is built into the products and the parts that they send up here to build them. So, right. you know, it's parts for export is what they call them. So, well, uh, that's about it on the... Uh, the strike down there, you know, we uh, 
any time that uh, workers go out, you know, they've made the decision in their own, you know, uh, interest and, in, uh, you know, long term to make it better. But also in the short term, they're making a lot of sacrifices. So you got to appreciate that they're making these sacrifices down there. And you can see now that this is becoming not just an American labor struggle, but a global labor struggle. And I can tell you, we have a lot of people, tens of thousands of people that are listening to this show globally outside the domestic United States. So just know that they're they're hanging on every word, and we get feedback from time to time. They ask not to be, you know, quoted or because they can come under a lot of scrutiny. But at the same time, sometimes, as we had with the Indian workers going going out on strike here a couple of weeks ago, you know, we were informed and asked to uh, cover it, and we did. So, but uh, there's, you know, we we do get some feedback that we don't actually report. So. Uh, so let's just say that's about what we can talk about on the the, the uh, now 95,000 workers that are disenchanted, some that are actually still on strike, some that just went out on strike, and some that didn't go back to work. We understand that some of the 70 went back to work, maybe all of them. We don't know exactly because that's been sort of snuffed in the, in the news media. So. Uh, having said that, uh, the next topic, Jeff, um, is interplant movement. And I'm going to ask you, uh, when you move with your job, in other words, you're in, working in a facility and uh, let's say it's pistons, for example, and they move pistons from point A where you're working to point B, in another facility across town or across the nation, and you're given the opportunity uh, to move with your job. Now, what what is your take on on that and your experience about that, Jeff? Um, I've seen a lot of this in the last 20 years with the Ford workers. Um, Whenever product is moved to one plant to another, People in point A used to go with the work to the other plant B. Um, we've had people in, in Ford who are on their sixth or seventh um, plant now. They've been moving around so much. And I know GM has the same problem as Ford does. FCA does too. Yeah, FCA does too. Um that's what the contract states. Right. Okay, so when when they do that, though, Jeff, I mean, is your experience that they uh, open the transfers and they announce that we have uh, 25 people from Pistons that we're going to move those 25 jobs from point A to point B, and the actual people in the department get first bid at it, and then if there's not enough, they open it up for plant-wide, 
to transfer, and that window of transfer is is time sensitive. It only goes for, you know, you have to apply by uh, date certain, whatever that date is. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you don't apply, then you that window closes. Is that your understanding? That's correct. You're right. Um, yeah. We have at Flat Rock, we're going to one shift, I think in April of this year, and they have posted openings that for the Lavoni transmission plant. Well, th the this is, plant is are, uh, these where your work moving to them, though, Jeff? That's a different, that, that's a different interplant move. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay, are um, these jobs are actually being done at Flat Rock now, and the job is transferring, or is this just they, they somebody's put in some requisitions for workers? Because that's a different type of move. We'll talk about that in a minute. No, it, it's not not uh, movement of work. Um, they just don't need to sell the cars from Flat Rock. Um, right, right. Memory serves back in '97. I think the uh, Thunderbird plant and Cougar plant down in Ohio were closing, and the Cougar the car was moving to Flat Rock. And we took some people from Ohio to our plant. They had right. seniority. So that's what we're talking about, the, the movement of product from one plant to another. They get the right to follow the work. Right, and in the General Motors contract, it's paragraph 96 move for those of you paying real close attention. I don't know what the paragraph is in the Ford contract or the FCA contract. Jeff, you may know that better than I do, but uh, do you recall or not? I don't remember what, what part of the contract yeah. is. Right. Okay, that's fine. Um, but they, you know, this is provided for if your job, your job moves from your plant to another plant, okay, or a job in your plant moves, and the people that actually do the job didn't move with it, and they open it up for people from your plant. In other words, 25 people are moving. You know, eight of the people that do the job wanted to move. They're young. They can do that. They're not all that established. And then there's another 17 that have the opportunity plant-wide to move with this work to the new plant. Because pistons moved, for example. This is just an example. Okay, pistons, building a piston, you know, the wrist pin and all the rest of that that goes with it, you know, connecting rod and all the whole schmeal that goes with building a piston and the assembly is being moved somewhere else, for example. And it's likely not going to be that. But let's just use an example. Okay, and there's 25 people that are actually uh, given the opportunity to move with their work to a new facility. Okay, that's one opportunity to do an interplant move. And then there's another opportunity. There's several under the uh, uh, interplant moves, um, none of which are particularly offered to the temporaries, but only to the seniority employees and members of our union. Okay, and that's where another plant, and you're seeing it in the Lordstown thing right now, uh, Fort Wayne put in requisition for a number of people. Spring Hill, Tennessee, there's like 500 they put in down there, I think. They put in requisition, and up in Flint they had a requisition. And under the area, an expanded area higher, 
people are given the opportunity and they get paid a substantial amount of money for moves over a certain distance, like $30,000 now. It's been, it was more than that at one time, but 30000 now. Uh, if you don't want to return, if you want to return, it's like 5000 uh, so that uh, you have the op- option to you know, maintain seniority in your own plant. At least you're supposed to be. And some of these moves are only permanent moves from, you know, for example, what's going on at Lordstown right now. Another plant put in a requisition, and these folks are offered direct opportunity from Lordstown to move before they actually get laid off. That's happening, and that's, uh, you know, questionable, but it seems to be an okay thing. And then we have have text coming in here. Uh, Then we have the, uh, oh, I understand that uh, uh, there was a requisition in the Buffalo area at the uh, motor plant in Tonawanda for 25 as well. So these plants are picking up people, and you're able to move from, your plant to another plant, okay? And these requisitions then are filled by people who are either being displaced from their their current facility or already displaced, and they go by high seniority. And, uh, you know, it's not inverse. Uh, the high people get to go, okay? And then they're picked up, and they get paid a little money, 30000 you know, to move permanently, and uh, about 5000 retain right in your own own plant. Uh, so that pays, you know, and that's like a, a year-long thing. And the, the 30000 you have to stay there three years, and then you could make application to return to former community. And if that occurs, then an opening occurs, then you get paid again to go home uh, under that uh, same rule. So those are two of the opportunities. And there's the second one is pretty complicated on how they select you. Uh, and uh, we, we know we've had a lot of issues. Uh, Fort Wayne, that letter that uh, the chairperson wrote over there, was uh, uh, indicative of that. He had to write grievances on both sides of the same issue and did a nice job. The people that went uh, beyond their temporary letter and they were retained, uh, they were supposed to be given seniority in the, in the facility, and they that would reduce the number of requisitions for the area higher from that plant, and those people were also disadvantaged. So he wrote wrote two grievances, and that's the only way he could handle that because he was unaware that the letter had not been extended, and he thought that it had been. So those people all got seniority. And there's a lawsuit in the Northeast uh, Federal District Court of Ohio uh, that complains about the same thing, argues the uh, notion that the temporaries should be given the opportunity and the MOU uh, should uh, uh, have been uh, uh, abided by so that they could get their seniority. So, uh, But having said all of that, and that's our understanding of that, we're, we're not going to get into the legalities. We've done that a little bit in the past. We don't know the outcome of that court case in that lawsuit that was filed in Northeast Ohio. Uh, That's yet to come, but 
have great hopes for that. Uh, we'll, we'll see what occurs from it. Uh, so those are the two types of move. One, you move with your job, and one, another plant, either from the area higher or direct higher from the plant or from the extended area higher, picks you up because of a requisition that the other plant has put in for uh, more folks, and they, they move you and they pay for it. Okay. If, you know, is that your understanding too, Jeff? I want to, uh, on the area hires and the direct hire from a plant that's being redu reduction in force. Uh, is that your yeah, understanding? Yeah, that's my understanding, Leroy. Right. Yeah. Okay. That okay. second one is we're doing right comment? now with Flat Rock. That's going on at Flat Rock right now, right? Correct. Because you, you, you guys are in a reduction in force just like Lordstown is. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Right. Okay. Just want to make sure everybody understands that. So inside of that, both of those types of moves, if you feel that you were disadvantaged and weren't given full opportunity either through the window that you apply for the paragraph 96 uh, move with your work, and that's paragraph in GM, but the, the, the other respective paragraphs in Ford and Chrysler Agreement, that you move with your work, and in the window of opportunity, you felt that you applied for that and you should have went in a timely manner okay, then you were disadvantaged. If you come in after the fact, that the, after the window closed and said, oh, I wanted to move, that's not the way it works, quite frankly. I know there's a lot of people out there complaining about that. But you have a window of opportunity, okay? And we're not going to help you complain about something that you're wrong about. Okay, because we have to identify gripes and grievances. If you applied in a timely manner, you have a grievance. If after the fact you want to move, that's a gripe. Committee Man 101, for those of you that never held office before and complaining about it. Committee Man 101, identify a gripe from a grievance. Okay. So having said that, if you were disadvantaged in either a move to another plant, not after the fact, because if you, you know, they already finished out that move and the deadline ended and now you say, I want to move. No, that's a gripe. Am I correct, Jeff? Correct. There is a okay. specific time limit to uh, put in for a move. Right, and that's you know that's your understanding and the, and our both of our experiences, I believe, right? Yeah. Correct. So, Correct. okay, thank you. Uh, on the other one, on an appendix A or uh, interplant move, uh, where somebody's put in a requisition, and you feel that you weren't moved properly, then you have 
ability to be grieved, okay? And if you read my 1983 July 8 letter on my uh, bio on my on, this, on my uh, on our page, the workingforliving.com, if you read that letter, we were disadvantaged. Almost 150 of us that were passed over. We had 15 year, almost 15 year seniority, and they were hiring people with five and six year seniority in another plant, in, in the Lansing plant, we were working in Flint. That's a grievance, okay? And when I brought it to everybody's attention, they poo-pooed me. Oh, you can't do that. Then I went public with it in the media, and we got essential justice within three weeks, Okay? There are ways of dealing with your grievance, not a gripe. Okay? So if you feel that you're grieved and you're not getting what you need, what's the avenue for that? What's the systemic avenue for that, Jeff? I'm going to put you on the spot here. And you wrote a couple here a few, a couple years ago, uh, you know, in uh, those. I don't want to put you on the spot. Article 33, right? Isn't that your essential justice that you get if you feel your grievance? I believe wasn't, so. Yeah. Right? If your yeah. grievance wasn't adjusted properly. Okay. Yep. So we're going to tell all those people out there complaining, assess your situation, take a good hard look at it, and determine whether you're just griping and you missed the window, or if you legitimately were passed over during the window of opportunity, and you have a grievance. If you have a grievance, and you still seek essential justice for that move, your avenue is systemically inside the UAW to file an Article 33 appeal of your grievance within the union structure that's done through your recording secretary. You better know what you're doing and don't do it frivolously because the ramifications, if you're wrong, are manifest, including, up until and including, taking your membership, if you're truly wrong. So be careful when you do such things. But if you feel you're truly grieved, that's your redress, okay? So we're giving you what nobody else has given you. A lot of people complaining about it. But we're telling you, if you have a grievance and you have to take a hard look at whether you got there timely or not, if you have a grievance and it wasn't adjusted properly after you discussed it and possibly grieved it, then your next step is an Article 33 appeal of your grievance. That goes to the union, local union, the international and the public re review board, and then it can go to the outside court structure. 
you damn well better be right. Because if you're just griping about something and you missed the deadlines and you were not over, you know, passed over on interplant move with requisitions and you go the Article 33 way, you're going to have a lot of heartache, a lot of heartache. In In a state that's not right to work, if they take your membership away, you lose your job. Okay? Be very clear. You better know that you were grieved and not just griping. And those that are standing behind you telling all these stories about how bad things happen to you, if you're just griping, they are not doing you any service. And it shows their inexperience. If you truly have a grievance, we stand with you in your Article 33 appeal. So we've given you an avenue that nobody else gave you so far. All right. Jeff, are we saying the same thing? Are we talking from the same hymn book? Yes, we are. There's a huge difference from just griping and legitimate grievance. Most people that I've dealt with just gripe. They don't read the contract. So I suggest to everybody to read the contract before you do anything. Then call and, your, and read, or, read call the your offer account. that was made. If it was a you know, move with your exactly. job offer, there's a deadline mm-hmm. on it. Okay? Read yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Get a copy of it. If you made application during the the time frame and you weren't given consideration to test your seniority properly, you have a grievance. Mm -hmm. If not, you have a gripe. And continuing down that road is only going to get you in trouble. A lot of trouble. Same thing on the inner plant. Move where there's a requisition for you or other workers in another facility. It could be clear across the country. Okay? If you feel that you've been wronged and you didn't get your seniority tested properly, that's a grievance. And appealable under Article 33. If you didn't and you're just complaining... Again, you're going to get in trouble, especially if you go public with it. Okay? Now you do what you want to do. We've told you what the, the, the boundaries are for all of that. So do you have anything else on the, the issue? Uh, we, we've covered the move with your job. We've covered move by requisition from another facility. And that's a little more complicated on the selection, but the temporaries really don't have much much say in that. And that's really sad. We we stand uh, as a matter of record that temporaries should have seniority. There ought to be a pathway to seniority, 90 days to their seniority. That's what the Constitution, the UAW, says no more than three months. That's 92 days max. Okay, without an extension of the temporary, it is 90 days. Okay, that pathway needs to be in place 
for all people coming in to work, our membership. Get seniority after 90 days. That way, when things like sub-benefits and testing your seniority in a plant, different plant move comes to be, you have the opportunity. First, you know, last hired, first off, right? That was made to protect the seniority people, right? The the sub-pays is what they get, right, Jeff? Right. Yeah, and they're not being afforded. That's just simply wrong. We gave up stuff to get that for the young people in times gone by, and that's wrong to have taken it away. And that is something we're dealing with in a bigger broader sense, but uh, we're, we're, we're trying to deal with that as well. So uh, having said that, there's, uh, with you know, we beat that dog to death. There's somebody that wrote something today that I didn't include in the, uh, the email because it came late and I really didn't get a chance to get it in there that I want to address. Okay. And this was... Uh, a member that talked about uh, his brother-in-law. We're good. Uh, I'll get some messages coming in here. I want to make sure I don't uh, go out. He's talking about his brother, work, brother-in-law working uh, so much in the steel mill. Uh, and, you know, the steel industry is right now going well, but it's dependent on the auto industry. Historically, when the auto industry went down, steel mill went down as well and there was strike and then other strikes and it was just a big mess and then we got to where we kind of coordinated that a little better and uh, stuff got you know good because the corporation didn't want to have all those strikes well now they've you know taken advantage of that and taken advantage of a lot of other stuff global international tax imbalances, et cetera, uh, to really destroy our economy here, and that's my opinion. So, But the brother says, uh, uh, that I'm a union worker with subpar Aetna insurance, 10 days vacation, one emergency sick day, and, and eight points, and $0 profit sharing check because this is obviously a temporary. Maybe I should blame Trump, or maybe I should blame the union for not getting me better better benefits. Maybe I should blame myself, and if I don't like my job, I can quit. And the brother said, the third option seems most rational to me. Brother, we're trying to make it better for you. Okay? A lot of us out here really do give a shit. A lot of us. And little at a time, we're getting stronger and stronger, and we're going to right our ship, the UAW, and we're going to right our ship, the United States of America. Because there are good people out there that really do care. So if you're looking at quitting, that's a personal choice. But hang in there. Might not be the best yet, but we're putting a whole hell of a lot of heat on to reverse many of the injustices that were done in the last few contracts. 
one of which is the temporary situation that just kept getting worse with each contract, and you're clearly in that. Eight points you got because you probably took time off to deal with your own health or the health of a family member. And you should have enough time to take care of your own health and the health of a family member without getting eight points. You should have a better standard of health care. You should be afforded, if you work the hours, a full share of profit sharing. Because you're a temporary, you don't get anything. Okay. And they'll wave a big signing bonus in front of everybody, contract time, and ask you to sign and vote yes. Don't let them fool you this time. Our hearts here at Working for a Living go out to you, brother, and to your sisters and brothers alike that are in your situation and all of the members whose even the legacy members, tier ones, that have had their wages suppressed over more than a decade, almost two decades, maybe more, depending on how you look at it. We're doing our best to get this changed. We come on here, we research stuff all week long. Phone calls are made two and three times a day on a single issue and where we're at with that issue and how we can impact that issue best. Sometimes we engage. Sometimes we have other people engage. But it's getting better a little bit at a time. There are a couple of good people in the international. You haven't seen much, but you're seeing a little bit from them. So don't think it's futile. Hang in there because job options are going to dry up real soon. The economic sine wave has made its apex and it's moving down, notwithstanding the last few weeks. But that can melt in a day, let me tell you. Melt in a single day, what we just did in the last few weeks. We have a meeting coming up with China later in this week. We don't know the exact date. I don't think they know the exact date, but whatever the outcome, it's going to affect us. There's a painless way of doing it. We've outlined that in the letter to Congress. So, my friends, if you think that it's futile, it's not. It's been bad for a while. And quite frankly, I'd much rather just stay retired. But I will not stand by and allow this to happen to our membership and our country. And I know Jeff that's on here every week with me and the countless others that listen to this show and give us input regularly 
want change for the better. And we're here making that happen as best we can each and every day over the decades. There are people in our union that are still holding staff jobs and leadership jobs that are angry with what's going on. Please don't give up the hope. Okay? So you hang in there, MD. All right. So a little bit cryptic on who that was and who you are that haven't written what he wrote. But we hear you every day. So, Jeff, do you got anything to close us out with, brother? Any comments? No, I don't, Leroy. You did a good job. Well, thanks. You know, I mean, it just makes me sad, and I know it makes a lot of others. My peers, when I came, you know, through leadership, feeling the same same way. They just are, and. You know, none of us are happy with what's going on, and we know more than what we're saying about how bad it is. Privately, we say it, but we can't say it in public. But it's bad. And going into a contract year, we've got to do something, you know, in support of who's actually there now. But they need to be dealt with. Okay, and we need to get a good contract for everybody. You know, they they <laughs> you know as the market went up, retirees didn't get any increases in their pension funding. When it goes down, believe me, it's going to go dollar for dollar down, and that means they're going to cut our pension by fifty and maybe a hundred percent. So this isn't just about the active workers; it's about everybody that is a member of this great union that somehow went sideways on us. So, having said that, Jeff, you have a good week coming up. We'll be in touch through the week, I know. Uh, we have a big project that we got to get on, uh, and, uh, you know, you know what that is. I kind of touched on it a little bit, uh, but we'll, we'll figure that out and get it going. And, uh, you know, I want to thank all the listeners. Thanks all the writers that wrote in. Um, you know, thank you to everybody that supports this effort to make our union better. We tried in a number of ways. Okay, but we have to be honest with you as well. If we think you are griping, we need to tell you. If we think you have a grievance, we're here first ones to stand up for you. Okay. Thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. Have a safe week going out. Uh, I want to thank uh, all of the people globally that listen. Thanks to everybody in North America, Canada, and Mexico that listen. We'll see if we can get one of those workers down there to come on. We don't know for sure if we can, but we'll, we'll take some effort and try and get it in here. Uh, Canada is under tremendous struggle up there as well. Uh, thanks to everybody. 
across the nation, most especially everybody that works for a living and union members, especially our UAW brothers and sisters. Thanks. Good night, listeners. Good night, Jeff. Have a, have a great week, brother. Good night.